If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. Welcome into Locked On Steelers and the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Adam Crowley from ESPN Pittsburgh, SNR, and the Steelers Radio Network team. Throughout the season on Tuesdays, we've been hearing from my friend Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show, of course, 102.5 DVE, the flagship home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Pursuta is a member of the Steelers Radio Network team, and he's the host of the Steelers Network pregame show on the Steelers Radio Network. And we're pleased now to be joined by Mike Pursuta. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Just getting ready for Buffalo. Where would you rather be than right there on Sunday afternoon to paraphrase Marv Levy? Buffalo's a good town. It is. It actually is. Yeah, I like Buffalo. I've had many good times in Buffalo. Yeah, be fun weck, get some wings. Bars could... are open till four. Exactly. I wasn't going to go there. Game's at one. That'll be tough. Oh, I went there. That'll be tough. If the game's at four, good thing I'm not making a trip. I don't know if I'd be able to make it to the Ralph after that. It's not the Ralph anymore, though, either, I don't think. I don't know what they call it. I don't know what they call it either. I stopped trying to remember what stadiums are called because they change names too often. They change a lot. I still call PPG Paints Arena Consol Energy Center. I still call it Mellon Arena, so you're ahead of me. I am. Yeah, I'm not, not quite as dated as you, although you didn't call it. The Civic Arena, which is good. And I still call the uh, concert venue not far from here Star Lake. I've heard it be called Star Lake enough that I kind of call it Star Lake, too. Uh, or the or the or just the pavilion. I've had many a night there as well. But that's neither here nor there, Mike. The Pittsburgh Steelers tied atop the AFC North at 7-5. and five. They finally played a, J- uh, a varsity team, not a JV team, after the last couple of weeks. And the results, very similar whenever you look at what the Steelers' defense was able to do. Yeah, and uh, offensively, too, that was encouraging. Uh, 24-14, sounds like it was a close game, and it was you know, a two-score game in the fourth quarter. I guess that's not a blowout, but uh, I thought the Steelers got uh, in front of that early and were kind of in control throughout and never really in danger of losing that game uh, based on uh, the, the repeated uh, splash plays the defense was able to make, the way they were able to contain Odell Beckham. You can't say that you shut down a guy who ended up with 100 yards receiving, but keeping that guy out of the end zone is the, the deal, the trick, the challenge, and they did that. And and the offense played uh, methodical ball control, which it's uh, seemingly the last couple, three weeks, uh, moving uh, more and more toward as the, the philosophical way to get it done. And, uh, you know, that's probably the way you got to do it in December and in playoff-type games uh, when weather's maybe a factor and when the other guys were pretty good. Yeah, you and I have been talking about this for a while, but run the football and stick with it. And in this game, they didn't run the ball effectively in the first half. They stuck with it, and eventually it paid dividends for them. And I think that that's got to be the game plan, as you alluded to, moving forward. If you could play a little bit of defense, if you can hold the ball for 35 minutes in a football game, you're going to help the defense. And that is the way to win in December. And I know it's all about... 30 points, 30 points, 30 points. Doesn't have to be about that right now. Yeah, no, that's not the win. So no, no. it that's... has to be about winning, yeah. however that needs to happen. If you need to score 35, do it. But if you don't, help the defense out as much as possible. And like you said, I never really felt 
after the Steelers got up 11 to nothing that the game was ever really going to be lost by the Steelers. I, I, I thought that they were really in control for the large majority of this football game. Yeah, the Timmons interception when it was 5 nothing. Uh, at that point, I wasn't really worried about the Giants scoring anymore. And, yeah, they got a touchdown after that uh, off the Le'Veon Bell fumble, the, the two-play short field drive, and uh, they got some garbage yardage at the end. But uh, that it was a really uh, sound performance, I thought, by a defense that didn't need to blitz to put pressure on Eli Manning. Yeah. They, they blitzed some and it worked some, but there was just a lot of winning up front on both sides of the ball. Offensive line against a very good Giants defensive line, and the Steelers uh, down people against a pretty shaky Giants offensive line. So both both the O line and the D line I thought did what needed to be done, and the result was was what you're going to get when that happens. You know where that stood out to me: the Steelers being able to get pressure was on the interception by Sean Davis around the goal line. Because if Eli Manning is able to sit there in the pocket, Shepard's open. And and he's gonna he's gonna catch the ball. It's gonna be a touchdown if Eli Manning puts it on the money. And he really wouldn't have even needed to put it on the money. He was Ladarius Green open, as I'll now call it. But he had to roll to his right because Bud Dupree got some pressure. James Harrison coming from the other side, and because of that, we saw the interception. Uh, and if you can get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to force turnovers. If he's sitting there, that's probably a touchdown. Could have changed the game there. So uh, to that point, I, I think you're correct. And you know what, Mike. Every time the Steelers' defense has had a reasonably successful performance this year, people have still found reasons to bitch, right? They've given up too many yards, or they didn't get after the quarterback, or they didn't create a turnover. Well, 234 yards. It's not very many. That's not very many. Two turnovers forced and two sacks, and I thought that they had Eli a little skittish in the pocket even before they put him on the ground a couple of times early on in the football game. Yeah, and they put points on the board, too. Yeah. They did. Checked all the boxes, right? Yeah, they put two points on the board, and then Lawrence Timmons' interception return led directly to that touchdown for Antonio Brown. Uh, I thought this was the best overall defensive performance of the season, and when you look at what the rookies have been able to do, I think Sean Davis is going to be a really good football player. Would you have knocked it down? Do you think he should have knocked it down, the interception? Because I don't, I don't, I can't, everyone says, that's the way it's taught. I, I don't know if I can remember the last time that that's actually happened, that, that that someone knocked it down other than a Hail Mary. You don't see it very often. You don't. Um, it, was that his first career interception? It was. He's not knocking that down. Nope. I, I get that. I, to The answer to your question is, is yes, because uh, you're not sure what you're going to get on the return, and if, if you're aware of down and distance like you ought to be, uh, then you know it's fourth down, and you know they're out a lot further from the goal line than you are, and you're going to get the ball. But uh, I'm not going to criticize him for coming up with his first career interception. I think whatever they lost in field position there, I think the the boost that he gets from now having an interception will be worth uh, giving that up temporarily in a game you were in control of anyway. Um, that That's going to help Sean Davis down the road, I think. I would think so, too. And As boy. they would say on The Simpsons, Adam, he's going to be embiggened. Not a Simpsons guy, unfortunately. Well, see, you got to work on that. Yeah, embiggened. 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 Okay, I'll have to look into that. There's only 27 seasons for me to sift through to find the reference. Start catching up. Get in the film room. The Simpsons 
TV show is actually older than Sean Davis and Artie Burns, uh, who I bo- think both have played very well recently. Sean Davis just gets more consistent. He looks very comfortable out there right now, and Artie Burns, you and I talked about it last week, looks like a more willing tackler. Yeah, start of the week, he tied for the team lead. There you go. I, I, I was surprised. I've been surprised all year long, and at this point there's no reason to be surprised, but I never thought he'd play this much at all, particularly after the training camp, without being able to participate as much as he was unable to participate. And, you know, as they get better, the defense seems to get better. Three great performances in a row overall, and I just thought that they were both very solid in this game. You hope Javon Hargrave's not out uh, for any significant time. We'll find out the – damn. Well, we, we I'll have to I'll edit, oh, I'll yeah. edit that out, yeah. Um, just don't even mention Hargrave. We'll just pick it up like you never mentioned him. Yeah, here, let me just see where we were. There was a nice pause there, I think. Three great performances overall, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, and, and the the confidence, you know, we just talked about it a moment ago with Davis, but uh, you heard Ryan Shazier after this game talking about nobody tried to do too much. Remember when that was uh, the, the chief concern and they were getting out of position and uh, it was it was costing them yards and points because they were trying too hard and, and, and trying to overextend themselves. If, if everybody can just get – uh, a baseline of confidence that, yeah, if I do my job, the guy next to me is going to do his, and we're going to be fine. It's going to work. You need that positive reinforcement, and they've given themselves a lot of it. I, you know, the Giants don't light up scoreboards, but they're definitely big play capable, and uh, they're, they're, they're capable of winning. Uh, they came in with a six-game winning streak. I don't think they had scored more than uh, 27, but – uh, they hadn't had to very often, and uh, doing what the Steelers did against that Giants team, I don't think can help but give everybody a lot of confidence. Now, this will be very interesting. You you contained Odell Beckham. You got the passing game part figured out. You're getting the pass rush. You're rattling the quarterbacks and confusing the quarterbacks a little bit. Now, can you stop an elite runner in Shady McCoy? And you know what? That's been. An issue for them, whenever you look at the better running teams that they've faced, you know, New England can run the football. Uh, you look at Miami, now what they've been able to do with that running back, as Mike Tomlin called him, Jay Ajayi, whose name I probably shouldn't try to pronounce as much as I've tried to pronounce it. Uh, you look at Dallas. Each of those teams was able to run the ball, although Dallas really broke it open at the end. But, hey, yeah. those yards count, too. Those touchdowns the at the end touchdown count, counted, too. Yeah. Yes, it certainly did. That wasn't garbage time. No, it was not. Uh, it was it was prime time, and the Steelers, well, not good enough in that situation. So the teams that have been able to run the ball well have been able to run the ball well against the Steelers. The teams that haven't been able to run the ball well this year haven't been able to run the ball well against the Steelers. And that means you're a middling run defense. It certainly does. Now, can you be more than that? Exactly. They've And they've turn the corner in so many different aspects defensively I'm really looking forward to this test and I'm happy that this test is at this time because it does look like they've done so many other things well now okay can you man up and stop the run if you stop the run against Buffalo you're gonna win yes yeah but that's easier said than done certainly yeah, is I, it makes this a fascinating matchup yeah and, uh, uh, going up there at this time of the year uh, probably gonna be a little weather involved so it's the 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 circumstances of the game are probably going to dictate that the ball should be run 
I, I like watching uh, run and stop the run. I, I think that's the essence of football. Yes. I mean, I like franchise quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but uh, this is going to be a fun game, and it's going to be a revealing game. It really is. And I think that, well, you've got the Ravens left, and we saw what they did on Sunday. And I'm wondering if they're turning a corner offensively. And if they are, then they are really – I'll say it. I mean, if, they're, if they are good offensively, I think they're as good as anybody because their defense is as good as it is. Uh, and it's not like they don't have some weapons offensively. They do. It, need, it needs to be Joe Flacco who plays a little bit better. But yeah, I think that what you were referencing with Eli, uh, sensing that the pressure's yes there when it's not there because it's been there so much. Uh, I think it took Joe Flacco a lot longer than anybody thought to get over the knee thing. And, uh, you know, the numbers he put up against Miami would suggest he's finally over it. I mean, we've both seen him play early in the season. It wasn't Joe Flacco. No, not Uh, at all. If he's back, that's a different football team. Yes, it is. And I still can't believe that I looked at the pass attempts going into this game on Sunday for the Ravens. And Joe Flacco. He's still averaging 44 a game. I, I don't know what the average is. I know that he was second in the league going into the game, and he threw it 46 times. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's at number two or hopped back up into number one. Oh, they've been throwing it all year. He just hasn't thrown it very well. Right. Until which, recently. Which is strange. I mean, it's, I mean it would have, you'd have to think at that point that they don't feel like they can run the ball because they're, they're, they weren't throwing it effectively, yet they were throwing it a bunch. So. Regardless, I was going on to say that this Buffalo test to me is the biggest one left on the schedule other than that Ravens game. But then the more I think about it, you know, I'm sure that the Cincinnati Bengals would absolutely love to make the Steelers uh, be watching the playoffs at home just like they are. One o'clock kick, though. How about that? How about it? How about so that? Football should be played 1, 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, right? Could not agree more. Uh, Mike, any, any parting shots? Anything... That I think, oh, there is one thing I wanted to get to. Le'Veon Bell, yo, dude, quit putting the ball on the ground. What's going on there? Three now on the season. He had one, his first game back in the preseason and had only fumbled once in his first 800 some odd carries. He's lost two in his career, right? I know he's only lost two, but when he's fumbled thrice now this year, if I'm a living my fears kind of guy, makes me a little nervous. Apparently you are. Yeah, well, now it's not like you're going to stop handing it to him. No, it's not. So why are we talking about this? Well, is it something to be concerned about? Clearly not. Clearly not. Well, I, I don't think you can say clearly. on Bell. It's an all-pro. No question. Give it to him. Pass it to him. Well, yeah. If you can figure out another way to get it to him, do that. I guess it's the whole, okay, well, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are celebrating thing. What are you going to do, sit him down? No. What are you going to do, stop handing the ball to Le'Veon Bell? No. So, okay, that's fair. You get nine zillion touches every once in a while, it's going to come out. I'd like it not to come out on my 20-yard line whenever you're up by two scores. I I would as well, but if you're looking for something to worry about, I can can give you a bunch more things. Penalties? Uh, You know. What can we gripe about? I don't know what to gripe about. They won, and they were in control the whole game. Well, a few more special teams penalties. Uh, the kicker thing. That was huge. He might clear that up today, too. Let's talk about what he did, though, just briefly. Okay. I'll, I'll pick up where I was. Okay. I can edit it. The kicker thing could have been something for you to worry about on Sunday because when you're uh, the clock is tick, tick, ticking up until an active time and you're still not certain – which guy you're going to send out there. That could have been something for you to worry about. But Randy Bullock uh, came in and uh, 
Wow, nice job by him. No and, kidding. And those were some important kicks, you know, take the points where you can get them, start building that lead a little bit. One of the things I've said, the points are huge, obviously. The most important thing is getting the points on the scoreboard. But if he misses one of those early, yeah. then you're coaching around that. And that just adds another element. We saw that in the Baltimore game last year in Pittsburgh. You don't want to be coaching around something like that. the team like may that. react to that. It's, right? know, he, just, he, he diffused a, a potentially touchy situation by just putting the ball through twice in that first half. And, hey, you know. 14 nothing at halftime. It looked like they scored two touchdowns. So I know. I started off the halftime report like that. Pleasing. It, it uh, did look a lot better. I said I said at halftime, it's 14 to nothing, but it's a little wacky how we got there. And it was a little wacky how we got there. Mike, great stuff, man. As always, appreciate the time. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Le'Veon Bell's not a fumbler. He is you've, now. You've seen enough he, of him. He's not a fumbler. It's a fumbler on Sunday, man. Bad taste in my mouth. Fumbling taste in my mouth. That's Mike Pursuit of DVE Morning Show, the Steelers Radio Network team. Be fun, Weck. We'll be back again tomorrow with the Locked On Steelers podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.